You're listening to Wilderness Times, a podcast exploring the intersection of faith and justice, brought to you by Resistance Church and Jubilee United Church in Toronto. Hello and welcome to our very first episode of Wilderness Times, a new podcast brought to you by both the Resistance Church and Jubilee United Church communities. My name is Reverend Brianne Swan, and along with Reverend Norm Seeley, I am one of the called ministers at Jubilee. I've also had the honor of offering leadership to the Resistance Church community since 2019. So what is Wilderness Times. To lay it all out, here is the trailer we've been using to describe this show. The wilderness is a place to reflect, to discover who we are, to grapple with all that is wild and uncertain, to figure out what we stand for, where God is revealed. With guests engaged in the work of standing up for truth, join me, Reverend Brianne Swan, as we explore what it means to answer God's call to seek justice and resist evil in this beautiful and aching world. Wilderness Times arrives September 21st, 2022, and is available from any of your favorite podcast services. Engaged Faith and deep conversation for these wilderness times. We have some amazing guests coming up this first season, and I can't wait to share these conversations with you. If you find yourself in emergent Christian spaces, Chances are you might know today's guests. The Many are a musical collective based out of Chicago. They are the resident band of the Plural Guild and draw on indie pop and gospel influences, making music to help give voice to faith and doubt, questions and fears, laments and longings. It is music that speaks of a non-violent God, a Jesus who is with us and for us, and a spirit that can't be easily defined or controlled. The many describe their songs as music for a movement of resistance to hatred and division, for reconciliation and restoration, music that always reminds us we are on this earth to love. A couple of weeks ago, I was able to speak with Gary Rand, Darren Calhoun, and Krista Sangster-Monroe. The additional members of the many are Hannah Rand, Jonathan Olande, and Christina Sinks. Hannah will be reading a paraphrase of Genesis 11 later on in the show as part of what we are calling Bible Bites, a regular feature in the podcast where guests choose and reflect on a piece of scripture. Now, 
I'm not going to lie, folks. I am very, very excited to share this conversation with you. If you have worshipped with Resistance Church or with Jubilee, you will know how powerful it is to sing along with the many's music, even if you are alone at a computer screen. It is even more incredible to experience their music in person, God's beloveds gather together sinking into the words we can all share together. But before we get into this conversation, here is the title track from the Many's 2017 album, All Belong Here. You're not sure who you really are When all you feel is the shape of your scars And you have more wounds than you can count Open your eyes, look all around You aren't alone, this is your Come and remember you 
Yeah. Darren, I'm, I'm going to have to go get my bigger headphones. Because uh, <laughs> I feel like, you know, you have the bigger headphones now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, fortunately, it's not a competition. I just I just switched <laughs> to these a few moments ago. Mm-hmm. These are my, my podcast headphones. But, mm-hmm. you, know, you have, a, we're you have actually here. a very nice visual setup. Thank on. you. Oh. Thank you. It's, it's yeah. been my little passion project of, of the pandemic. <laughs> Lovely. Well, thank you all of you for joining me this. I guess it's afternoon still for for you folks. I really appreciate it. I'm just so delighted. One of the questions that I had as I was trying to write the intro for what this episode is going to be is sort of trying to describe what your musical genre is. Like if I was trying to look you up in a record store. What what would the I mean if people go to do people even go to record stores anymore is that a is that a thing I don't know they they've That's come a, back in the in the fashion now in vogue is it is it now are we are we are we so far removed I heard cassette tapes are coming back like those are kind of. Oh, which, that's. I mean, that's records. I guess cassette tapes. I'm not sure, but but These if days, I was going, sorry. Oh, I was just saying playlists or what playlists are where yeah. you can find that stuff now. I'm constantly sure. looking at playlists that include us and going like, so why do people think I we belong on this playlist? You know, that's the question you're asking <laughs> in some ways. Yeah. So if you were if you were going on a streaming platform that may not be named, where would you find yourself on that playlist? Um, what genre? And then where do you think you belong? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, we have a song about all belong here, and in many ways, our music uh, def- defies being neatly categorized into one particular group. Um, sometimes people say, oh gosh, you guys are such a great praise band. And other guys go, oh, uh, other folks say, oh God, I'm so glad that you guys aren't a praise band. <laughs> it's, it's just this weird mix of different ways that people, uh, people resonate with us pretty much based on whatever their experience is. So sometimes it's singer-songwriter. Sometimes it's uh, like contemporary praise and worship. Sometimes it's... Um, just kind of a thing of its own but whatever it is it's it's definitely us (laughs) Mm -hmm. so can you tell me a little bit about how the many began what was the start what was the catalyst for this musical group to come together i think you know we we had all we've all three of us have been involved in in church worship leadership and um so i think you know, Krista's quite new to the group. Darren's been there almost from the beginning. And in the early days, I think it was a matter of us coming out of experiences where, particularly in the music side, we, you know, it was difficult. It really was a chore to find music we could sing authentically and that we could, that the congregation that we were with could honestly put those words in their mouth. And uh, so I think that um, we began to, think about writing songs and uh, Lenora and I, my wife Lenora and I, um, had been writing songs for a long time and uh, my daughter Hannah had just graduated from Belmont University with a songwriting degree and so the three of us sort of as a family started writing some songs for our church that I was the director of and uh, so then we began to, to sing these in our church and we started inviting folks to join us and partly the whole we decided 
you know, to maybe this, we should share them because we had heard a lot of people in the same boat. So uh, we started sharing them. We started, um, we put the group together really to share the songs. And then we really began to realize this is a much bigger thing that people were also finding words hard to say in church. Prayers and liturgies and the structure of the churches seemed to be dry and not creative and symbolism was overused and some of it didn't mean anything or it meant the wrong things. And so it was, uh, we began to see the sort of the, the entire intersectional idea really in this kind of way to think about all these different elements. And so we started this group called the Plural Guild to kind of work on church renewal in general. And uh, so the many became kind of an outreach of the Plural Guild. And it is, it has been what we do now. We do that whole, we create liturgy, we create worship gatherings, we, we uh, place the songs in context with all of these hopefully creative and authentic worship gatherings. And that's sort of how we've grown and moved. In listening to, I mean, the different iterations of the band, because it's, it's, the lineup has shifted and changed over over time and stuff. But mm. one of the things that's always been so striking to me is that you have been able to maintain this really special quality that usually I only notice in groups that are made up of family members. So people, so those really tight, familiar type sounds where people can almost, even though we're listening to recordings, it almost sounds like you could anticipate how each of you are going to to shift and change as you sing and it the tones and the harmonies just blend so beautifully together and so is that something like when you started singing together um and and krista you're new i don't know what your experience is like do you does it feel does it click like oh this is something special here that that's unique there's a unique quality to to this sound and this coming together yeah um no, yeah. Uh, one of the things that even, I know we had a planning meeting recently, one of our, like, the key things in our, I guess, kind of, like, fears or concerns area was, like, you know, we feel so, you know, tight-knit. We want to stay tight-knit. We want to keep the bonds that we have. We want to grow um, within that, not just when we're singing, but also outside of when we're singing. Um, and not just because it helps when we're singing, um, but because we actually like each other, we actually like being with each other. Um, and so it's nice to be able to have that reflected through our sound. Um, of course, I know it definitely helps when we get together to be able to kind of understand and have a feel for one another and know, okay, you know, John is clearly going to be able to like hold down the guitar lick and just lean back and let him work. Um, or being able and comfortable with one another and knowing that like, okay, you know, I can, I know my area kind of of expertise and I can, I'm not afraid to be able to sing out and be able to give, um, in the areas, how do I say this? So I'm not afraid to give, um, because I know that like, I'm surrounded by people that also want to be there, also want to sing and also, uh, love and thoroughly enjoy and believe in the music that we're making. Um, I, I don't know if you have a musical background, but sometimes the the music field is is very competitive and very catty and very 
aggressive and it's just hard to be in groups with people sometimes. Um, but, and when I joined, I was like, ah, is that the feel? Um, but it just wasn't the feel. It wasn't a thing. Um, I think everybody was very intentional about um, welcoming one another uh, so that we could be a unit and so that we could uh, produce music that we all enjoyed and loved and believed in um, because that we knew it was going farther than just ourselves. It was going out to like different groups of people that were like actually needing the music that we were mm-hmm. giving. So I feel like I've kind of, I mean, this is the first conversation we've had together. This is, we are meeting each other for the first time. And yet I kind of feel like I've been with you and following you for quite a long time now. And when we started Resistance Church in the fall of 2019, I was so desperate to find music that was theologically sort of in line with what we were trying to do, but that wasn't a lot of the same stuff that was in our in our hymn books. And that is how I came across your music and started to become a very excited fan about not just the music, but the whole movements that you were trying to to put forward and to do. And so I remember in December of uh, 2019 we were having a live gathering and there was a snowstorm which often happens in December in Toronto and so we couldn't meet in person and so we decided off the cuff to do the resistance church worship online in my basement and we sang waiting for you by the many online and it was very exciting because then we saw the many come up in our comments saying we were so glad there was a snowstorm because <laughs> <laughs> then we could we could be there but we decided after that that resistance church would move from being an in-person gathering to an online worshiping community and then the pandemic happened which, you know, and then everybody was right. on online and stuff by like months. But yes. it was enough. It was enough that people were like, how do we do this? Show us how to do this. But I'm wondering, like, what has the pandemic been like for for the many? How ha- how has that shifted what you were doing? Was it an opportunity? Were there what were the obstacles like? What what has the pandemic meant? Oh, I could I could geek out on this because <laughs> there was so much that changed on in so many ways. Um, like earlier, we were talking about that close family feel, us getting together and having lunch and 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 rehearsing together, and you know, just kind of open endedly spending the day in the presence of each other was a normal thing pre pandemic. Um, us uh, having the core of people who know us be people who connected with us through in-person liturgical uh, gatherings that were, um, we, we describe it as we don't, we don't do concerts. We, we create gatherings, right? Um, so to know us, to really be a part of the music that we're doing nine times out of 10, you were also praying with us and you were uh, sitting in a room with us and, and, and that kind of thing. And when the pandemic hit, all of that <laughs> immediately had to stop. All of that had to be like, wait a minute, how do we do everything? How do we do all the things mm-hmm. that we do? Um, and so one of the first things that came up was uh, 
we, I mean, we'd had a few videos that we recorded and, and um, we produced a few things uh, for like smaller use. But uh, this idea came up of um, just holding space. It was like the world was was slash is in a tra- traumatic moment. And it was like, well, if anybody knows how to respond to this, it's us. If, if you need to cry, <laughs> we got you covered. <laughs> and so uh, it was a, an opportunity to pivot. And um, to say, okay, well, well, how do we how do we hold space for people online? Um, and from there, it gets into uh, I think more than a year. We did these weekly lament together gatherings uh, via face t- Facebook and YouTube, and um, that kind of changed for changed things for a lot of folks. Right? It meant there was more access to things that we created that churches. Um, that would soon follow after your path uh, would be using as they were trying to figure out what does it mean to gather people online. But it also meant places like congregation, uh, like uh, um, places like uh, conferences were trying to figure out what does it mean to gather people online. And one story I'll just share quickly, there was a, there was a very large conference we were a part of um, as an online event. We were originally scheduled to be there in person and, you know, everything shifted. And one of the speakers at the conference was talking about how online is just not real worship. It's just not real. uh, It's not the real gathering of the people. And in this same conference, we're scheduled to do one of our um, online gatherings. And it was an extended one. It was like a 45-minute gathering. And after that event, their whole tune had changed. They realized that with the right kind of intention, with Mm -hmm. the right kind of artistry that we had developed over time, Hannah Rand um, becoming literally a video editor overnight, me sitting at home building my own little home studio and figuring out microphones. And and, I mean, I have a photography background, but I was like, oh, I get to dig in now. I get to... (laughs) get to create some really interesting things and then us figuring out what does it mean to to record together to write songs to produce them to learn them to sing them um to make resources for churches that are also trying to figure this out everything changed and it completely changed who had access to us and so now many people first know us from our videos and first know us from our online gatherings um and then they get to have these in-person uh, experiences with us now that they can sing all the words already because they've been singing them in their churches and so forth. So it's mm-hmm. been a it's been a wild journey, and we're continuing to figure out the the you know as the as things somewhat return back to to what we knew before. I don't think they'll ever go completely back, but as things mm-hmm. as we figure out the new normal, um, it's been very very interesting to just see all the ways that now both in person and online uh, that we're creating opportunities to do ministry, creating new opportunities to connect mm-hmm. with people, to meet people where they are. And I think the church is really in, a, in an important place to figure out what does it actually mean to gather? What does it actually mean for us to, to be in communion together? So, yeah. yeah. yeah that was, that's one of the things that struck me as you were speaking. It feels very much in line with what we hear in scriptures they're responding to the particular context and 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 time period and that's what you guys were were doing and it feels it feels really special actually that people have been able to be introduced to you in in this way that and that they might not have been 
they might not have been, and there might not have been this exposure to this liturgical music that is is faithful, that is scriptural, and is justice focused in the same in the same way. And so, I'm wondering, in a faith that is inspired to seek justice and resist evil, like what is the role of the arts? in in that in that pursuit and in like the role of music and all of these things that culturally connect us they're on a little one i i I believe it's to make people uncomfortable it's make to make people think Um, i think far too often especially in the church we are allowed to kind of breeze through of like, hey, you know, I trust the pastor, I'll accept what they say. I trust the the choir director, the worship leader, I'll, you know, trust what the lyrics are saying. Um, but the only so the only time really that we have to stop and we're confronted with things that really make us think is when we feel uncomfortable. And when it's like, oh, I don't like the way that makes me feel. You're like, I, I don't know if I like this. Is that then we start to question, like, is that true? Is that accurate? Is it real? Like, um, yeah, and so I. Um, one of the songs uh, was it Let, "Let Justice Reign"? I think yes. we were talking about it before. <laughs> um, like I was driving in my car, practicing and everything, and and I'm sitting there and I'm like, "How am I going to sing this song without making people feel scared?" <laughs> like, because like, in my mind, of course, like this black ladies up there, like you know, not one more, say their names, you know, and like, how do I tone it back, or how do I do this without like bawling, um, you know, because there's that balance. Um, but in my mind, also, I'm like, I love that it makes me feel like uncomfortable to a degree of like, even how am I going to present this so people can hear it, um, because I know that they will have hopefully some sort of like real response to it and like have to think like, well, you know, did I stop assessing if black lives mattered, you know, after the riots and after like the protesting, sorry, not riots, protesting. Um, like, is that something that I just kind of said, oh, mental assent. And now it's no longer an issue for me because that's not my community. And so like things like, I think that the music has that responsibility to not necessarily just make people comfortable. Yes, music brings hope and it helps us to uh, grieve and it helps us to um, grow and be more of a community and feel love. But I I think also that that responsibility is there to present people with the opportunity to think and feel uncomfortable and sit in it. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that feels right in there with uh, uh, comforting the afflicted and afflicting the comfortable and the, the tension that that brings about. Each episode of Wilderness Times features a piece of biblical scripture chosen by our guests. The following is the many's Hannah Rand reading a paraphrase of Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 9, written by Ted Hebert from the book Growing in God's Love, a story Bible. After the flood, the children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren of Noah were one big family. They moved to Shinar, where the world started again after the great flood. They all spoke the same language and lived together in one place. They said, 
Let's build a big city with a very tall skyscraper so we can stay together. They liked living in a city where everyone knew everyone else. They liked speaking the same language. They liked being all alike. And they didn't want to leave. God saw them building their city and their skyscraper, and God said, They're one big family. They're all alike, and they're all speaking the same language. If I don't do something, things will never change. Everyone will be just like everyone else forever. So God came up with two new ideas for the children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren of Noah. First, God gave them different languages to speak. Then, God sent them out to live in different places all over the whole world. The people never finished building their city. They could have called it Many Town because that's where the people living in many places and speaking many languages came from. But they called it Babel. It was their word for dividing one language into many languages. It was their word for dividing one place into many places where we all live in the world today. The people building Babel had a little plan to stay together. But God had a big plan that was different. God wanted to fill the world with different languages, different people, and different ways of living. And that's what God did. Why is this passage special to you? I can jump in. So when it when it comes to looking at the Tower of Babel story, one of the reasons that I feel like we use this is because it's it's a story that's familiar. Like you didn't necessarily have to go grow up in church to have heard it before or to have heard a version of something similar. And um, in the society, I think that many of us were raised in, uh, we were socialized to see the Tower of Babel and to interpret it along a certain lines of God sitting up in heaven and, and smiting the efforts of the those bad humans who are always up to trouble. Mm-hmm. But when we, um, and maybe Gary could talk about more of it, but but a, a friend of the band and a friend of the Rand family um, was part of doing these uh, refreshed uh, interpretations of these passages and put it together in this children's book. And it was so beautiful to look at this not from the perspective of an angry God wielding power to limit and to shut down human technology and innovation, but rather a God who's like, oh, wait, you could do this, but what if I redirect? What if I spread out the opportunities and the possibilities? And what if, what if, in in the way that we co-create the future, it's going to be so much more than that one narrow vision that that you maybe maybe came up with and you're like, oh, this is just this is it. This is right. And I think in 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 reinterpreting and seeing it through a different lens and and what may likely be a more authentic and accurate lens, right? Like there's so many things that that were part of of language and translation and history and and how things were decided that really had to do with more with the people who were translating and their understanding than it had to do with what the text actually said. 
And so mm-hmm. it's like, oh, wait, what if we re-enter the scripture? What if we re-look at this and do it with, with not only the scholarly backing, but this this idea of love being at the at the at the core and not a love that's that's spiteful, but a love that's like, oh, you could do this, but there's so much more. So I love that we that we get to show up in churches and show up in what is often people's routine, their everyday, the thing that they do over and over and over um, and get to renew their minds. Right. That, you know, to reference Romans to to look again, to to change the way we see it. And so looking at the scripture and realizing that God was creating opportunity for diversity, that God was creating opportunity um, for us to do more than what we would have done based on that previous effort. um, I think it's I think it's critical, like in a time like now where, again, you know, referencing the, the pandemic of all the change for afraid mm-hmm. to figure out what the word you know we we reach back for what we knew um i'm not going to slip into a story about latin <laughs> but uh we, we it's it's almost natural to know to know one thing and to think if we just do the one thing we know that that's going to be all there is but um to be looking at yeah the world worked a certain way but what if there's an opportunity for the church? What if there's an opportunity for your neighborhood? What if there's an opportunity for the way we lead? I mean, the the gains that uh, people who are living with disability experience when all of a sudden everyone couldn't go out of the house. And it was just like, oh, we can do things online. We can have things accessible via, via uh, the Internet. What? We can do this? We just didn't have the will to do it? <laughs> But it mm-hmm. literally took a global catastrophe for us to just reconsider using the tools that already existed. That's profound to me. And I, and I, I see in the work that we do, this, these opportunities to just invite people to renew, like Gary was saying, to renew, to rethink what are the traditions, what are the rituals. Because it's not that we're saying ritual and tradition are bad. It's that mm-hmm. we're saying there's some different ways to look at the same thing and to uphold the values that that are timeless and transcendent. Um, and I feel that, you know, I could just go on about it for days, but I, I like the way we just go into these familiar things and just change it a little bit. Just so your ear perks mm-hmm. up and you're like, oh, wait, <laughs> I've sung that song before. Like when we sing um, Lamb of God, it's like people are familiar, but it's like this isn't the way we used to sing it. So... <laughs> I'm just leaving space in case anybody else wants to respond to that passage. I can say something. I, I, you know, first of all, I love these two, Krista and Darren. <laughs> I could sit here and listen to you guys talk all afternoon. Um, the, um, what, you know, one of the things about diversity that I think the story tells in this retelling is that there's a richness and a depth to our experience and our understanding of what it means to be human and what it means to worship God uh, when we reach beyond our, as Darren was talking about, one-dimensional ideas of our own traditions and our own uh, beliefs and values that we grew up with. You know, when we start reaching out and meeting people and and listening to each other, we begin to develop a, a sense of God and a, a much bigger sense of God and a much bigger sense of God's grace and how God works in the world and 
how God is understood in the world. And, you know, the way we make music, actually, I think, you know, we, we make art out of our own values. And what we, what we value, we think is important as important tools for making our art. And so this diversity of experience, listening to other people and trying to understand other traditions and cultures and other people's experience of, of pain and humanity, this is the kind of thing that just enriches the art itself. And, um, you know, I think one of the things that I love about the many is that we are not all the same. And, uh, you know, that part of what you were talking about earlier, Brianne, about this kind of sense of it sounds like we're a family is really uh, just because we listen to each other. It's not because we all share the same background. Mm -hmm. You know, we just, <laughs> we have different places we've come from, musically speaking, and, and in our religious traditions, and in how we live our lives. But I think we love each other deeply, and we love this experience of being together and learning from each other and trying to figure out, okay, I, I love, Krista, what you were saying, because this is how I feel about the best of music making. It's when we bring our full self to this and we don't, and we are given mm -hmm. the opportunity and the trust and the invitation to be ourselves and yet to find that part of ourselves that enters into this bigger picture, you know, that can contribute to this this wider thing. And to me, that's a, a, it's a way of thinking of the body of Christ. You know, it's like we all bring our own gifts, our passions, our, you know, our personalities into this community to try and share that sort of, you know, we, we make this community better. We make this community deeper and richer by giving ourselves as we listen and understand and give opportunity for others to uh, to do the same thing so it's mm -hmm. in in a way it's both a passion and it's our method for for putting a group together you know and there's a shift in this passage too similar to the shift that you were talking about Darren with with the pandemic that it, things didn't work anymore and so there was a shift in, in this passage they one of the things i noticed is that they just didn't build they just stopped building the city that wasn't the city we needed we needed mm -hmm. to do a different thing so my last question what is the one song that you can't wait to sing along with people i'm gonna let y'all go first <laughs> so all belong here would be the the piece that i kind of thoroughly enjoy singing with others, especially um, in a community kind of environment. It was one of the songs that, it was the song actually, that kind of introduced me to The Many, even before I started singing with The Many. Um, and I played that bad boy on repeat. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, so when I'm like in that, in that group or just being able to feel like the unity and the electricity, um, just amongst all the people kind of declaring out to like the world and to God, like everybody here, everybody out there belongs here. How about you, Darren? So um, I get to, it's funny, like even on the stage, you can't necessarily like see people one-to-one -one, but I always feel like I end up connecting with somebody when I'm just singing the words there's uh, there's mercy enough there's grace enough there's love enough for all of us and I literally 
I literally smile, like not just like, okay, here's a, you know, here's a little encouraging little word, but it's no, it, it literally like wells up joy within me to, to just look out over a group of people and to kind of, kind of pronounce a blessing and a, and a, and a remembrance and to remind people like there's enough. I, there, it, I remember when we, when, when we first started singing that and I, it changed the way that I talked about what's possible in the world. You know, it kind of informed this idea that, that yeah, abundance thinking, this, this idea that, that God's, God's wonderful world that we're, that we're part of and stewards of really does have enough. We just have created this idea that there's not and that we have to make scarcity so that things have value. It's like, no. There's more than enough of what we need. Mm-hmm. We just have to change how we handle it. And so to remind people that and then to literally see people's faces light up and change in that moment with just those words. I even had a chance to sing that recently um, at a vigil where uh, some people um, had uh, kind of been lost to a senseless uh, act of violence. And even when people don't know it, they start singing right along with those simple words because we feel it it's in our hearts it's in our souls but we don't get to say it very often and so um i really like encouraging people to sing that part mm-hmm. gary you know i was thinking um uh, some of you know frederick Beekner, who died recently and uh, who for many of us was uh, just a gift um his work meant so much to me and to Lenora, my wife, who writes the lyrics to all of these songs. And um, I was, you know, very early on when Darren had first joined us and we were just doing some gatherings and we recorded a couple of songs. One of the first songs we ever wrote was called Only Grace. And uh, uh, Frederick Beekner had a big influence, not personally, but his books. Lenora had been reading his books and we had been talking about his whole idea about grace and and it just seems like in a world where we often are judged and in a world where the church is at pains to you know tear the other church down that it seemed like it grace was what we needed you know and um so we wrote this song and it was about why we come to church and part of it was about you know, we are, there's fighting here, but there's love here, there's brokenness here, but there's healing here, and it's only grace that calls us together, because it's, we wouldn't be here for any other reason. And uh, so it's, and then in the middle of that, we sing Amazing Grace as a kind of bridge. And it's, I remember the, this was the first song that, we sent it, actually, after we wrote it, we sent it to Frederick Buechner, and we said, uh, we, we thought you might like this song. And he put it on his uh, Facebook and Instagram page. And suddenly we had 10,000 people listening to Only Grace overnight. <laughs> and up to then we'd had four. You know, it was like... <laughs> and, and so... It's a very niche. That's a very niche <laughs> yes, group of people. Indeed. <laughs> and it was incredible. And... Um, you know, it was sort of the moment that uh, really made us think, well, maybe maybe we have something here, you know, and um, 
it was just such a gift to us in those early days to be uh, sort of have his uh, approval or his uh, sharing of that. But we do it all the time, and at that point, we started doing a few uh, church uh, things, and I remember the moment when we started doing Only Grace, and everybody in the congregation started singing with us. And and Hannah and I, and <laughs> several others on stage, we just looked at each other, and we pretty much just stopped singing because we were crying, you know. It was like... People are singing along with us. This is why we did this. And suddenly they now know the song. And, and it was grace. It was grace that brought us all together. And uh, so I love that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gary, I'm trying not to cry, even though crying is completely okay. <laughs> it is completely okay. <sighs> but I feel that. I so, so feel that. Yeah. So I don't want to say that I'm a liar, But that wasn't the last question. The actual last question, I think, is is what's next? What's coming up for the many over the next little while? Can I say one thing? I just Um, we we, yeah go for it. I just wanted to say we have uh, three new people in the group who joined in the last year: Krista Mm. and uh, Jonathan Ulandai and uh, Christina Sinks. And uh, I'm sorry that Jonathan and Chris. Christina could not be with us because they are fabulous. And along with, with, uh, I guess when I think about what's up to what's to come, I just am so happy about what's to come because Krista and Christina and Jonathan have brought so much life and energy and and just gifts to us in so many areas as people and as singers and as musicians, as creatives, as spiritually deep people that are aware and articulate. And um, so I, I, that's what I'm most uh, imagining. And the, just the opportunity to be with them some more and to be a group together is just uh, very encouraging to me. Yeah. It's so sweet. <laughs> you guys have made a wonderful mm. place to come to. <laughs> we love you. Yeah. And, <laughs> and just to, to add to that, um, as our as our foot print expands and and now Gary and Lenore are living in uh, North Carolina and the rest of us are still in Chicago Um, and we have various uh, conferences and seminaries and churches and and who knows what else that that we're scheduled to do through the end of the year Um, it's it's a, it's a new season right like the band is bigger we've got we've got more voices who are bringing both behind the scenes talents and on stage talents and um you know who knows uh well gary probably knows because gary's always over there like toying around with some new ideas and and lenora is always writing there are so many songs that have been written that i haven't even heard yet (laughs) but i know that they exist because i'll catch the interaction between her and hannah uh because that's kind of how it happens lenora throws something on the piano and hannah start working on it and now that happens i guess via email but um yeah there's some there's i'm i'm trying to be careful not to like spill it all and just start blabbering about all the stuff i'm excited about but i know we've got we've got several trips just in the next few months and i am super geeked about it we need we need someone to bring us to canada 
We were just talking about that. <laughs> we were talking about that before you, before I hit the record button. That we need to figure out a way to get you into into Canada. So right? there, that, there that is seems enough. There. <laughs> we just so got to work feel, together. I, I feel like there might be a project in my future. There you go. Trying Absolutely. to facilitate that because I know that there would be. Um, there so many people when I told them I was going to be speaking with you today were just so excited and there was definitely a are they going to come to Canada because we would really like them to come. I mean Canada's a very big place so you might Indeed. need to be strategic <laughs> but might have to make a few stops I yeah. might have to make a few stops but um, yes we will we need to definitely figure out how to get you get you here yeah anyway. well i mean one thing that's that's one of the reasons why we are the many is because we do things in in community and in partnership and so many of the places we've been haven't be, been because there's a single person or a single church or organization that's bringing us it's because several groups get together and share and pool resources and one person knows how to you know get a hotel discount and somebody else has a, a large church venue and somebody else can get some discounts on flights and and it and it works and mm-hmm. it's it's mutually beneficial and i think hey it might be the next wave of how how progressive artists uh emerge because we don't get the kind of big band support and, or big record label support and we don't get sounds a, lot a bit of like other places house do. concerts on steroids <laughs> yep it's a lot of <laughs> like, that it is yeah. only only a healthier version of it <laughs> yes Yes. Okay. Well, United Church folks, Anglican folks, Presbyterians, we need to get together to make this, get this happening. Anyway, thank you all so much for for being here and sharing in conversation. It has been an absolute delight for me anyway. So thank you. Thank you so much for having us.
Let us be a sign of hope. Let us be your arms of love. Let us be the ones that say there is another way. Let us be a sign of hope. Let us be your arms of love. Let us be the ones that say there is another way. Let us be a sign of hope. Let us be your arms of love. Let us be the ones that say there is another way. Wilderness Times and Resistance Church are part of the digital ministry of Jubilee United Church. We are committed to continuing offering opportunities for spiritual engagement in digital spaces in the long term, but we need your help. Please consider a donation as an investment in this ministry. You can find our donations page by going to wildernesstimes.ca donate. From there, you can choose Wilderness Times from the drop-down menu. Whether you donate once or sign up for a monthly contribution, we are very, very grateful for your support. Thanks so much for joining in for this week's show. You can find links to all of the many's released music by going to our show notes at wildernesstimes.ca. If you've enjoyed the conversation and want to make sure you'll never miss an episode, please make sure to subscribe. Also, since this is a brand new podcast, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you are listening from. The more reviews we receive, the more likely it is that Wilderness Times will be recommended for other listeners. 
Next week, I'm joined by Texas pastor, author, and all-around spiritual badass, the Reverend Aurelia Davila Pratt, as we talk about her new book, A Brown Girl's Epiphany, and the importance of Imago Day in leaning into healing. Until next week, take care of yourselves and each other in this wilderness. Blessings to all of you. Wilderness Times and Resistance Church are ministries of Jubilee United Church, which is an affirming ministry of the United Church of Canada. You can find links to Jubilee, Resistance Church, as well as a full transcript of this episode by going to our show notes at wilderness-times.ca.